Hey, welcome to D Bronx Podcast, your number one, hopefully, fan-based Broncos podcast. My name is Austin. I'm joined here with Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? Doing well. It's good to hear your voice. Ian, how you doing? Doing pretty well. Can't complain. How about yourself? Hey, I can't complain. We're a 3-0 start. You know, a lot of people are going to talk about the weak strength of schedule, and I get that. But man, we have been dominating the weaker opponents, not barely scraping by. So I, I feel good. It's the first time in the Fangio era that we've had any September wins. And not only that, but we're leaving September with an undefeated record. So it is exactly what you would have hoped for um, other than injuries, which we'll touch on. We touched on last week as well, Ian, you and I did. Uh, Kevin, it's yep. good to have you back. We didn't have you last week. Um, and just kind of give get a pulse from you. Uh, how are you feeling after the 3-0 and start? Uh, I mean, it's hard to feel anything but – Please, right? I mean, especially yeah. given the last several years. Uh, I mean, my enthusiasm's a little bit tempered because the uh, the football gods have blessed the Broncos with perhaps the easiest three-game stretch in the history of football. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it is quite possible that the three teams we've beaten will go winless <laughs> the entire mm-hmm. year. I think the only games that these teams may win is if they happen to play each other. Even then, you may end up with a zero-zero tie, but <laughs> but but listen, uh, it, it, you know, listen, the Broncos just play them right. Whoever shows up, they play, and they've played well. Um, You're so, right. So that I feel really good about. I, I think you know, clearly, the next four or five weeks will start to uh, give us an idea if this is uh, you know uh, a feel-good illusion. Uh, or the team, mm-hmm. ha- or the team has real depth and, and staying power. And at this point, I just don't know. Yeah, and I and I do think you know, obviously, there's there's validity to them. You know, hey, they've played weaker opponents, but but generally speaking, what the Broncos are doing are are what you see good teams do. We're not three, you know, like I said, we're not three and zero. Oh, you know, where we, you know, won twenty to seventeen against these bad teams or or anything like that. Like we are handling them uh with very little struggle i mean other than again injuries but that's a you know obviously a different different kind of struggle i mean through three games the defense and i mean they've given up what 14 points through three games now you have the special teams touchdown that was given up the kickoff return touchdown that was given up to the jaguars uh and then you had technically you had the last second uh you know, touchdown run by Daniel Jones in week one, uh, literally last play of the game. Um, but if you take those out, that's 14 points the defense has given up in three games. And so the defense has been for real. And the offense, in my opinion, has looked very good. and Very good. Now, the running game, Ian, you and I touched on it last week. The running game has kind of been the one sore spot. Uh, that hasn't hasn't really caught fire yet the way that we hoped to, but you can see. I mean, the defenses are stacking the box. They're you know they 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 kind of expected the same narrative of, of of Teddy Bridgewater. You know that he was just checked down Teddy and uh, wasn't you know wasn't going to push the ball downfield. Now he's obviously proven that those narratives are not necessarily accurate, and that's that's great. But you know, but you play you know you adjust to what the defense is doing and. The defense has been saying, hey, we're going to sell out, stop the run. And so we've, we've primarily beat them through the air. Um, but yeah, Ian, how, how about you? I mean, obviously, uh, we didn't give up any points to the Jets. 26 to nothing beat down. Uh, what are your kind of initial takeaways of this game? Well, at least, uh, you know, the Jets have put up numbers. I mean, not, I wouldn't say numbers, but they put up points against other teams. They put yeah. up zero points against us. Uh, yeah. just like, you know, you know, yeah, we played some poor teams, uh, like, uh, you know, like I say, like everybody says, you know, you only, you can only beat who's on your schedule. 
Yeah. And we're supposed to beat these teams. And, and, and Daniel Jones is actually having a pretty good year. I think he's he's a top 10 rated quarterback in the league this year. I know entering um, into this this week, he had a 102 passer rating. So, yeah, he's he was doing not, nothing to good. scoff at, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, he could have won last week, could have won week two. Um, yeah. But uh, didn't. We handed him pretty, pretty easily in week one. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, when they're like, oh, yeah, week schedule. It's like, yeah, but, you know. We're playing these – the teams that are playing them aren't playing them as good as we're playing them. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're just beating the hell out of them. Other teams are beating them, but not as handily as we are. Yeah, beating the hell out of them, yep. Yeah, exactly. And – but I think and, – and, and they are they're, – they're, they're testing Teddy. They're testing him. They're like, they hey, are. all right, we're, we're going to make you beat us. And through the first three weeks, he's we doing beat it. beat him. Yeah, he's beat him. I mean, he's you know, yeah, he didn't have any touchdowns this last week. No big deal. Our running game actually, he got us down. Got there. the touchdowns. Yep, that we got the touchdowns. Doesn't matter. Finish in the end the zone. Touchdowns come exactly. Doesn't matter yep. where the touchdowns come from, as long as it's seven points. Um, yeah, but so I feel, I feel, I feel really good about the direction the team's going in, and the, obviously we haven't won in September, and you know, numerous years, and. I love watching the Chiefs fall apart. In One September, and two. Yeah. Which they yeah. have never been under the Patrick Mahomes era. They never um, lost in September with him. He's never thrown he'd never thrown an interception. An interception. In that nuts. He's got three. He's got three. They've been a they've been a turnover machine the last two weeks. Maybe he should start looking at the, the guy he's throwing to and stuff. Trying those no look passes, and <laughs> one got picked off. Yeah, I saw that. But, but yeah, so overall, I feel really good. Uh, other than we'll we'll probably branch off and talk about other stuff. But other than the injuries, I feel really great. Yeah, about we'll get to that. How how we're headed right now? Yeah, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we are going to talk about injuries, and, and you know, we've got a couple replacements, and we saw uh, one player that we did see a little bit of was, um. Micah Kaiser, which is one of the guys we signed him uh, mm-hmm. after Josie Jewell went down for the year. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, one, one of the narratives that I've been seeing personally is that, oh, well, we didn't score enough touchdowns. So we, we beat the 26 to nothing. And you still have, you still have Broncos fans that are, upset that we didn't score enough that we didn't beat them down by enough and here's the thing and 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 i i can't remember who said it i think one of the guys from the mile high uh network of podcasts said it i think he was talking about hey look until we beat these teams we are one of them because for the last five years we've been one of those terrible teams you know we we've been the team that everyone looks at the schedule and automatically marks as a win that's that's who we've been. And so I know we come into the schedule, we come into the season thinking, oh, well, hey, Jets easy win, Jacksonville easy win. But that the, the, the thing is that that's we've been that easy win on 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 team schedules. You know what I mean? And so so it's 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 I think it's it's showing a progression that last year we lost a lot of close games, right? Yeah. And we lost we lost close games to teams that were not good, and we lost t- close games to teams that were pretty good, and then we also got beat down by several teams. Um, but what I think what what I'm seeing is is that now we're not even we're taking that next step where it's not oh we're playing close games and either barely winning or barely losing, we're taking the next step of like we're gonna beat down the teams that we should be beaten down. Um, and, and to the narrative about, Hey, we didn't score enough points against this team. I think that had to do with game script and just the way that the game went. And I, and I like this in the sense that of course we all want to see big plays. We all want to see the 30 points, 40 points or whatever. And you, you obviously Javante Williams uh, fumbled at the goal line. Unfortunately, you had that play. And then you yeah. had, um, uh oh man what was the other one 
that that was in the red zone that we probably should have scored a touchdown. I'm drawing a blank on. Anyways, you have it. You know, oh, people look at four field goals and be like, oh, well, we're not finishing in the red. One of the things that I think was dictated by the way the game went is we have this game handily, and the next stretch of games is where things really start to get tested. And yep. so what I really think it was on the offensive side of the ball is, you know, people were talking about, oh, we got vanilla. The offense got vanilla after. And I think, yes, it did get vanilla. And that's a good thing because you want to have, you want the Ravens and the Raiders and the Steelers and the upcoming games. You want those opponents that have as little tape on you as possible. You don't want to show everything you have on your offense in a game where you're already going to beat down the opponent without breaking a sweat hardly. So why, why, why continue to show all your big plays and all your, uh, you know, maybe different type of things that you haven't shown yet in those games that you already have handily uh, taken care of. And that's so, so I think, yes, the, the offense did get a little bit vanilla in the second half of this game. And I think that was intentional. They let, I think that it was intentional kind of, too. Yeah. Uh, like another, we got this for game. For another why, reason too. Yeah, what, the the thing is, we're not. This is this is the this is the thing is we we have a whole season, right? We have a whole season of games that we want to win, and we want to obviously we want to be Super Bowl contenders if at all possible. But at, you know, but more playoff contenders at this point. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, um, right? And so when you have a game so so readily taken care of it doesn't make a lot of sense to give your next opponent all this extra film on you. Uh, and, you know, in, in a way almost hurt your chances to a certain degree in that next game. And so I think that's kind of the, 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 the decision that was made throughout that game was like, Hey, we don't need to keep calling big shots or, you know, play actions or whatever kind of things that we hadn't shown yet when we, when we had the game in, in hand. So that's kind of my thoughts on that narrative. And I understand, of course, we all want to see 30 or, or more. And I, you know, of course I would love to have seen 30 and we probably get 30 if it wasn't for Javante Williams fumble at the goal line, but right. they also didn't want to show more than they had to. And I think that was a good decision. I agree with that. And I think another way you could look at it too, is there probably, Going into the second half, you know, we're already steadily beating the Jets or whatever. It's like, hey, um, how about we just vanilla it down a little bit? Uh, make sure that after the three downs that 98% of you guys come back not off a cart. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's all yeah. right, we, we're winning this game. We're probably going to win this game. Let's don't do anything crazy because we're now we're already down three starters in this game. Mm-hmm. So just pull. All right. We were, we were a hundred percent right now. Let's pull back to about 75. Yeah. It's Cause you know, cause you know, you know, you don't want to be, you know, week eight, week nine. And you're asking one of the Bud Light vendors to suit up <laughs> as a wide receiver. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, because we're trending right towards it. <laughs> That's where we're trending. And that and that brings us to kind of the next point. We're going to talk, you know, we're going to talk, you know, more specifically about specific players and things like that. But that does bring us to next topic of injuries. We don't we don't want to spend too much time on the injuries just because you and I talked about it a lot last week. Right. But here we are. We lost more starters. Now we're waiting to hear more in regards to Dalton Reisner and Graham Glasgow. Um, but we lost KJ Hamler for the season. You might've you might lost him for longer than that. We may have lost him for longer because what, how did, how did Fangio say it? Torn ACL Yo, and, and some, some other, other stuff. stuff. Yeah. Thank God he's not a doctor. Thank God he's not a doctor. Hey, I, he's got a torn ACL, and there's some other stuff in there. Like, what other stuff? Is it an MCL? Is it a PCL? Did he tear some other tendons? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't so, know, listen, man. That's, that's not a good injury for anybody, but especially for <laughs> Hamler. Who, he, he's in the NFL for one reason, speed. Speed. And, yes, if, so. and if he loses a little bit, uh, he's going to be out of the NFL. In a hurry. That's, that's what that's, that's what worries me about him. 
He's that's not, the, fear, the same yeah. one he t- that's the same ACL he tore in high school. Yeah, that's not it's not good. Uh yeah, he seems like a good guy and he had a great opportunity now with uh with Judy out, you know, to really establish yep. himself. So it it's uh man, it hurts in so many ways, but uh yeah, they they I heard the comment. It sounded like he really blew that knee up. So um I, it sounds Austin bad. Austin and I watched it and I was like when I cuz it didn't they didn't replay it. They just we watched the first time and when I saw it replayed it one time right after it happened and then his leg was flopping around like a wet noodle. I was like that he's not you know even though they're like oh he's questionable return. I was kind of like uh, he's not I don't know about that dude. Yeah, he's questionable to return. There ain't ever. no question about that one. But the one thing I got to say, and I feel bad, and I do pray for, for Hamler, because I like the kid. He has all yeah, the potential in the world. It's all the potential in the world. But what we have going on here is we're not really replacing somebody that was really part of the offense. Five catches, 74 yards. That's nothing. Now, mm-hmm. I, so we're – it's not like we're replacing Sutton or, well, you know, well, obviously we had to replace Judy with Tim Patrick, which was, you know, uh, Tim Patrick is, you know, awesome. He's Tim Patrick. Um, but you're, Tim you got to, you got, but the first, the first two years he's been in the league, KJ Hamler injuries, injury prone. I don't like to use that term, but injury prone. Has it lived up to that second round pick? No, not even close. Not even um, close. Um, not even close. Kind of feels like uh, what was that guy? What was that guy's name? I forget to say he was so bad. I forget what. What was that guy's name? That ended up getting traded to the Giants. Oh, geez, the guy from Indiana University. Yeah, Latimer. yeah, that Cody Latimer. Latimer Cody Latimer. Yeah. I'm feeling a little bit of Latimer. Just you know, did never really pan out. Um, so you know, it it sucks that he's gone, but mm-hmm. we're not replacing a position that <clears throat> that uh was super productive. If you if, that, if, if you get the cut of my jib on I that, I do. One. I would say this. I would say that, and this is speculation. So there's not there's nothing really to back this up. Uh, but we didn't see outside of a couple throws. We didn't see a lot of shot plays to, to Hamler, which of course is kind of what we know he is. A lot of the shot yep. plays were going to Sutton, right? And uh, I think there was a a little bit within kind of like what we were talking about with, with this game of almost holding back parts of the playbook almost whole. Right. I think they were almost holding back some of those big shot plays for Hamler for this next stretch of games. Now, of course he's not going to be in this next stretch of games, but right. I think, that, I mean, I think there's a chance of that because not only has he not had a lot of catches, but it doesn't look like anything's really to this point had really been designed for him yet. But we no, know that all. they wanted to design some stuff for him. So I, th- I was kind of thinking that maybe we're keeping some of that hidden uh, for this next stretch of games. But unfortunately, we're not we're not going to have the chance to see. We're not going to have the chance yeah, to know exactly. that for sure. Now, what's what's up? It does. It does. We did sign somebody. David Moore. David Moore. What do you know? What do you What do you know about David Moore? I know he's pretty accomplished at uh, <clears throat> Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, thirteen touchdowns, three years, four years, four years. Thirteen touchdowns in four years. Third, third receiver. Um, don't really know why he was on the practice squad. Um. I don't know what happened there with the Raiders because uh, they could use wide receivers. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> uh, I know yeah. he's, he's, he's a speed guy. He's only 26 years old. So he's super yep. young. And uh, he's got a nose for the end zone. So he, on paper, might not be as fast as, as Hamler, but at the mm-hmm. same time, he showed more production. So we might have. He did. We we might we might have that might have been a little diamond in the rough because we could have gone with the little, uh, little bit of a Tate. steal. Yeah, we could have gone with Golden Tate. We could have gone with a uh, Alshon Jeffrey, which I think he's washed. But um, but you know Alshon Jeffrey is not a slot receiver. You know he's no no he's not. Yeah, so so this guy is a proven slot receiver. Um, Golden Tate proven slot receiver, but I don't know. 
nobody's really kicking the tires on that guy. Um, Could have gone with Josh <laughs> was, Gordon, but you don't want to. Did you see a uh, uh, Good Morning Football today? No, I did not. So Good Morning Football. Uh, so, so Nate Burleson, who was one of the hosts of Good Morning Football, is no longer a host of Good Morning Football. Yeah, he's on like I think ABC he went, or something now, like CBS Morning or something like that. One of those news. Right talk shows right morning talk or morning news talk show yeah, whatever you call yeah, he's it, going you know? he's going the stray hand route he's going the stray hand route so in his place they've been doing guest hosts right guess who's right. guest hosting right now uh keep to leave golden tate oh it is golden tate golden okay. tate and golden tate has has made it clear like yesterday i know he's talking about hey you know i still want to play and apparently he's gotten some you know interests and whatnot but nothing that you know has sound like it'd be the right match you know he wants to come back to a good situation but kyle brant who i love kyle brant um basically pitched on the show for the broncos to go sign golden tate and he's like, "Hey, would you join?" And, and Golden Tate's like, "Yep, got my like, waiting for waiting for the call, like waiting for the the flight. I'm ready to go, like that kind of that kind of reaction." Um, live on I the air, I would have I would have taken Golden Tate because he already knows Pat Shermer. He already knows Pat Shermer because he played under that offense in 2019 with the Giants. With the Giants, yeah, exactly. Yep, and he's and he was productive both last year and 2019 when he played. Um, now he's 33. He's 33. The David Moore signing it indicates is that Hamler is maybe like like we're speculating. This may be like potentially career permanent, ending injury. Permanent replacement. Permanent more yeah. per, 26 years old. Speed guy, more permanent replacement. Now here here's the thing. So Moore signed a two year deal with Carolina. This offseason, yep. yeah, but he didn't make the Panthers roster. So he didn't make the Panthers roster. I don't, I don't know if there was guaranteed in that. I, I can't speak for that. It's a million dollars uh, guaranteed. Okay. Anyways, didn't make the roster out of preseason. That's when he joined the, the the Raiders practice squad. Now over fourteen starts. Okay, fourteen starts. David Moore's had. In 14 starts, he has 78 catches for 1,163 yards and 13 touchdowns. Now, 14 starts is a little misleading, right? Because that's how many games he started. He's obviously played in uh, quite a bit more than that. I don't know the exact number. Uh, He's obviously played in in quite a bit more than that. But in the games that he played outside of the starts, he was used a little bit more sparingly. Um, He runs a 4-4-40. kick returner. Kick returner, four four forty, six feet. He's six feet, so he's a little bit bigger than Hamler, quite a bit bigger than yep. Hamler. And so yep. he may he may have a, a bigger catch radius. Uh, but of course, Hamler had kind of the pure speed, the you know, that Tyreek Hill kind of breakaway uh, that teams crave nowadays. And David Moore has great right. speed. He's going to be top tier speed, but he's not quite at that level, right? Like Hamler and Hill and some of those guys are. Um, yeah, the, the cat from the Cardinals. It's unfortunate to see, the, but the injuries are really starting to take a toll. We're, we're losing guys to long-term injuries just about every, I mean, every week. And when I say long-term, not not always career season ending ones, but we've lost Josie Jewell to season ending. We lost uh, obviously Jerry Judy, you know, for six to eight weeks or whatever it was. We lost Ronald Darby to several games. We've lost, um, ob- excuse me, obviously hammer Hamler for a year at a year plus depending. And uh, we should G- get Darby back soon. Yeah, so so Darby has to sit out one more game for sure. Yeah, I know he that. has to sit out one more, and then I guess it's probably just gonna just see how he feels at that point. But it sounds like he he at least based on what he has said that he's gonna be pretty ready to go as soon as he's eligible. So that's good. Um, 
but again, we can't we can't lose people at the rate that we're losing them. And 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 Terrible. we talked about it last week. Is the Broncos lose players at a much higher rate than than just about anyone I've seen. And that's and it's yeah. it'd be one thing if it was just this year, but it was last year and and in years past. And so it's just what you know. I don't. I, it's hard to say what the issue is. We want to blame the strength and conditioning staff or whatever the case is. But even even if we were able to pinpoint, okay they're playing a role what is what role is it that they're playing you know what is it that they're not doing or doing that they should or should not be so it's just it's just hard to say but man we just can't we can't say i mean literally we're gonna be signing the bud light vendor in the stands during the game in the middle of one of these games dude i'm telling you like that's what it feels like well, listen, what what I don't know is on a relative basis, you know, how significant are the Broncos injuries, you know, versus an average NFL team. I mean, when you follow the Broncos, then every injury is of note, right? Nothing escapes yeah. your radar screen. So what I can't find, and I didn't research it today, but I did last year when, when injuries were mounting, I just wanted to see – you know, how significant was the problem or was it just, you know, a, a product of us just being fans and we don't pay attention to injuries on other teams, you know, clearly, um, unless they're, you know, Mr. Patrick Mahomes going down. Um, but, but I can't find, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't find that comparative uh, data out there, but, you know, anecdotally, it, it does seem like, we have more injuries than the than the majority of teams, but then again, I'll, I'll watch. I was watching a game last night, and it's like, yeah, okay, you know, four or five starters are out. You know, th- 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 three on the offensive line for the Eagles. I mean, I, other teams mm-hmm. have a lot of injuries, uh, mm-hmm. and th- and then it may just come down to you know quality of player that's going down, and maybe that is where we have been snake bit. We may or may not mm-hmm. have more injuries in total. But it just seems to hit such key guys with us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think I so I do pay pretty close attention. Maybe not to the the deepest depths of every roster, but I I certainly do pay pretty pretty dang close attention to uh, most teams and their starters. Um. And, you know, kind of hear about a lot of – I mean, I'm reading up or listening. I'm reading up on NFL or listening to NFL podcasts or shows or whatever. I mean, pretty much every day. Yeah, so too. I do get a pretty pretty good feel for – again, the depth guys is maybe where, I, where I'm not so sure of. The depth guys, uh, you know, or like the like you said, Kevin, maybe the guys that are not the necessarily the – the, the higher quality guys on a, on a given roster. Uh, maybe I don't know as much about those guys, but, but, but definitely as far as impact starters, you know, I think last year 49ers were in the same kind of area last year. Right. They're as the Broncos. Yeah, I, yeah. To a less, to a lesser degree, but yes, but absolutely. They're there and they're losing running backs and they're, you know, Oh yeah. But I, I know that uh, Dalvin cook and T Higgins are out because those guys are on my fantasy team and those are yeah, two pretty key guys. Right. So they're, they're, it's, yeah. it's part and parcel of the NFL these days. And I got to tell you, it actually takes a little bit of my enthusiasm away from the game. I mean, it's just yeah. so frustrating when you see, you know, you know, I think the best all season move we made was George Payton. You know, the, the, the guy just seems mm, to be, he's been clear, great, clear headed, patient. I think he takes the long view. He's got good interpersonal skills, good leadership skills. He's well connected around the league. I think this more, you know, signing is just a, just another great example of, under the uh, radar. Great signing. You know, so the, I work so hard. The organization has worked so hard at putting together, you know, a, a roster this year, which, which a lot of people felt was one of the, the most talented in the league. And then, and then just to see it get decimated over three weeks, I mean, it's so discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you think you get used to it, but I've been, I've been, you know, following football for longer than you guys have, and you and both of you have been watching for a heck of a long time. I, it just 
it just seems like it's gotten a lot worse. Now, maybe it's because, you know, they COVID last year in combination with reducing the preseason this year and, and the players union or, you know, have all sorts of rules about the off season, but something mm. has changed where I, I really yeah. do believe more and more people are going down. And then it also may, may be an indication of just how big and fast guys have become. These, these collisions are more and more violent in, in spite of the efforts to take, you know, um, the aggressiveness out of the game. Uh, it's still it- there. And I, yeah. I agree with you. So I agree with just about every point you made. The one thing that I think is affecting it the most, and Ian, you and I, I think you brought it up last week, and and then we'll move on. We, I don't want to spend too much time on this. We'll move on after this. But uh, the one big thing that I that, that I think has affected it the most has been the reduction in practices. Yeah, is allowed. Yeah, yep. that's what I brought up last. I week. mean, exactly, exactly, exactly. I, I, you have these guys that are—they're not allowed to hit each other until they're hitting each other at a hundred miles an hour in the actual game, and that's why so many of these injuries, I think, is soft tissue injuries because, generally speaking, you know, a bone is bone, but the soft tissue, like, that has to be. Yeah, molded or, you know, what's another word, a, a different word that I'm trying to think of here? Conditioned. Uh, conditioned. There you go. They, they have to be conditioned. And if you're not going hard at each other for all of practice and then suddenly on Sundays you're going full speed the whole time, I don't, I don't think – I don't think it's – I don't think it's uh, – it's hard to see what is causing all these injuries that, you know, and the expectation was, Oh yeah. Hey, well, if we, if you, if you, if we just don't practice hardly uh, or don't hit each other in practice, then that'll reduce the number of hits that could potentially injure somebody. But I think the, 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 the opposite is true is that your body's not getting conditioned. You're not getting into that, the shape that you need to be in. And as the game has, you know, gotten more as you said kevin taking the aggression out of it the more it's gone that direction the more injuries there are when there's a little bit more aggression you know yeah go ahead oh by by the way i just have to get this off my chest because i just looked it up i wasn't fully aware of it but austin something you said led me to google it but okay this is the the players association right this is the players union and, and they're negotiating uh, on behalf of the players, and I got to tell you, I don't think they're doing them any favors. Uh, no, they're not. L- look at this. Re- regular season. This is absurd. NFL teams are limited to 14 padded practices during the entire regular season. Isn't that and insane? 14. They play 17. Um, they play, 18 they play more games than they have padded practices. Uh, and 11 of those padded practices must be held during the first 11 weeks and then if you dig into the offseason workouts and all that they have stripped so much away from i think what has helped you know football become what it is where where guys can can enjoy longer careers they're shortening Mm -hmm. careers they're hurting the game and i think the owners really need to do something about this and fight i agree I agree, and this is this is exactly what the players wanted. Well, it's like a patient telling the doctor what's best for for them. Well, listen, the the goal is that clearly they want to extend players' careers, but this is like the the law of unintended consequences. This is sort of like the government stepped in and created these rules, and of course, it ends up having (laughs) the opposite effect. Opposite effect, exactly. Well, it is a it it is a union, so. It's not the wrong intentions. It's the wrong execution. Right. Exactly. We understand that you want to protect players. You want to protect the players and you want to extend careers. We all, we all want that. There's nobody who I would, I I don't think there's anybody who would say, Hey, yeah, no, we want to not protect the players and we want short careers. That's not what anyone says. We all want longer careers and more protected players, but the steps that this union is taking in order to make that happen is, is doing the complete opposite. Like to your point, Kevin, that's it's doing the exact opposite. Uh, And it's it's killing the game and it's borderline killing these players. 
I mean, if they really want to know how to extend your career, why don't any? Why don't they just talk to Tom Brady? Well, but, but but quarterbacks are the exception. Quarter, you can't even hit a quarterback anymore. You can't hit a quarterback so, even in the game. If Brady played back in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, he would have been out of the league at you know 32 or 33, like most of these guys were. Oh, because, for sure. But uh, he's he's benefited from you know the flag football rules that surround his own rules that he comes up with. Yeah, quarterbacks <laughs> are basically the only ones that fit that, that fit the, uh This is kind of just an, a one-off. Real quick, I just want to get your guys' thoughts on it. I, you know, I talked earlier. We saw Micah Kaiser. He got signed off of the uh, Rams practice squad. He started, I think, eight or nine games for the Rams last year. The Rams' number one defense, uh, nonetheless, last year. I'll take anything um, from the Rams. Uh, but Micah Kaiser played in this game, and he looked decent in the – the little bit of time that we saw him in the game. However, with Josie Jewett for the season, Jamie Collins just became available. He was not, he was released from the lions, had 101 tackle year last year. Do you think, do you think we should stay put with what we have or should we go after a guy like Jamie Collins? Either one of you. I will say this. I probably, would go after, but still, it's kind of a scary situation of why you got released by the Lions. Um, mm-hmm. But same thing here is Josie Jewell goes down with the injury, which is terrible. It sucks. He'll be back next year, hopefully. But uh, I'm pretty cool with uh, Alexander Johnson because uh, he looked uh, good he this played week. Well. I think Insane. he played one hell of a game this week. I think he played one yep. hell of a game this week. Guy was everywhere. Two sacks. Yep. I'm like, come on, man. This guy was everywhere. He um, was. But to add depth, because as we know right now, uh, depth is the most important thing that we can find right now. Because yes. we came into this, we came into the season, and we we're like, "Oh, we have all this great." Depth. Depth. Remember, remember how much depth we had at wide receiver? Then we were trying to tra- trade they, people, talking about trading. We, got, we did trade yeah, Trinity no, Benson. Oh. Yeah, you trade Trinity Benson. Do you trade Tim Patrick? Thank God they didn't do that. Thank God you they trade didn't Trinity do that. Benson. I I guarantee, even though we got a couple picks out of Trinity Benson, I guarantee right now, Peyton's probably scratching his head like, oh man, I might. Thank God we didn't trade Bryce Callahan too. Good Lord, yeah. Even though we're getting our other cornerbacks back, but at the same time, yeah. is like you know that's what we're all talking about. We had no depth last year. We have all the depth this year. Thank God we have all the depth this year because, like we said, we're you know we're going down like flies. So yeah. if you can get a Jamie Collins that did have a, over a hundred uh, tackles last tackles year, last year, go get him. Might as well. I say, yeah, I would say if the price is right, and for that reason, for that reason, he's experienced. Don't overspend. Peyton's don't not overspend. overspend. Do not overspend. For will it. not overspend. I think, and I don't think he will. You're right. I, I don't think, you know, I you see good players get released from bad teams all the time. I don't think that's like saying, oh, oh hey, you know, Jamie Collins got released from the Lions, so clearly he sucks. No, I think it's it, the Lions know they're bad, right? So why would they overpay for a veteran when they could be getting their younger guys snaps, right? And the veteran is probably not happy in a situation where he's getting late in his career and he's playing for a team that, is playing for draft capital, essentially, who wants to get their younger guys experience and stuff like that. So I don't think that every time a, a good player gets released from a bad team, that like, oh, well, clearly he's not any good because he got released from a bad team. I don't think that's necessarily the way it works. Uh, I mean, we've we've released guys that ended up going uh, and and doing well for other teams just because we were a pe- we were one of those bad teams, right? Didn't want to overspend for somebody, you know? Um, Jack Barrett. Shaq Barrett, you know, well, Shaq Barrett is, I think, a little bit different because uh, he was never a starter for us, right? I still have PTSD never a full time starter. Yeah, it sucks. yeah, me too. But, <laughs> but I so I don't think that Jamie Collins being released. I mean, he played last year for them all year, had over a hundred tackles, uh, and as a middle linebacker, you're looking at that tackle number because that's what shows you how active they are. How how much are they around the ball? Middle linebackers, you're not looking. You're not. You're not looking at sacks. You're not looking at interceptions. You're looking at tackles because you want to see how often those guys are around the ball. Because that's their job. Be around the ball, like right. And that's that's what you see from a good middle linebacker. Somebody who's always around the ball, no matter what. 
where the is going. So if we were to sign Jamie Collins, brain like, hey, you were on Detroit, right? And he's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> your coach, corporate, does a very good <laughs> Jay Hawkins. Do you yeah. think you can tell Pat Shermer and Vic Fangio on how to uh, incorporate <laughs> our tight ends? Incorporate tight ends. Well, we run more more two and three tight end sets than anybody in the league. Oh, uh, it's oh, just a matter be, of targeting we, them. We definitely will be now. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> We're going to be doing no, a lot of you, two you tight end sets. Really, you make a really good point, and I was thinking about that before. You know, we jumped on the the uh, the podcast tonight, but we have some really mm-hmm. talented tight ends, including a first round yeah. draft pick in in, in Fant. No, He's now you, in year yeah. three. So, you know, my question is: Are we just overrating Fant because he was drafted in the first round, um, or is it just uh, a scheme system failure? Um, but now, especially, and we got Albert O out there. And, and, and by the way, another great signing by uh, Peyton. Is it Eric? Uh, what's his name? The Titans. Saubert. This guy's Sobert. played fantastic Sobert. for us. And he's a yeah, good, I like him. So like we've, him got, a lot. we've got a stable. Of good really tight good, end. Room. Really good tight ends. And, and, and look, look what happened. Look, look at our division. You know, look at the tight ends in our d- division, especially at KC and Oakland. Uh, th- these guys are the league- leading target getters on their teams. And their offenses are outstanding let's get mm-hmm. fant involved let's get albert need to use involved. It. you need to use that mismatch that's a mismatch almost on every play no matter who they're lined up against you get a mismatch on just about every play now one thing i did notice about fant in this game against the jets is there was a lot of times that i saw that he lacked effort his he talent slow. does he not lack slow he looks slower he looks thick he looks slow well, and he, he and it, but there was a couple t- plays where it was just what I saw was more effort than it was physical ability. Like, yeah, I, I, he does look a little bit this year, but some of that from what I saw in this game looked like, like looked like it was from an effort standpoint more than it was a ability standpoint. I mean, I mean, especially like on the play where he where uh, Javante Williams from the ball, he just looked completely uninterested, started walking off the field. You can't coach effort. That's bad. Yeah. You can't yeah, coach effort, yeah. and and I, so I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's to answer your question, your former question, Kevin. I think it's a little bit of both. It could, it's, I think it's a little bit of scheme and Shermer not incorporating incorporating enough of the tight ends. You saw that in New York when he was with New York, not utilizing Evan Ingram and some of the tight ends they've had enough. And I think that's carried right. over a little bit, but I also see like. At least in this game, I I don't want to say that I've noticed it in every game, you know, because I haven't. Maybe and part of that is probably just because I haven't been watching him on every play, you know, in every game. But but I did notice it in this game where his effort just seemed to be lacking. Um, and there's not a lot of guys who lack effort in the in the kind of the new Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, just, and as a matter of fact, just Fangio. Th- th- I will give Fangio this credit, and he looks good this year. Looks a lot better this year. But Fangio, to Fangio's credit, even when they've had two losing seasons, the teams don't seem to quit under him. They don't seem to lack effort, even if they lack ability or, you know, availability yeah. in the in the injury front. Um, they they do seem to continue playing hard, even when they're in a losing season or whatnot. So it's because I heard he. So that's a good a thing. Me and meatball, dude. And I th- and I think <laughs> and I think with uh, Bridgewater uh, at you know as kind of the leader, the leader that he is, I think that's even taken another step this year. Just his leadership abilities have been you know radiant across the board. So it was just it was really off putting for me to see Fant really really kind of being almost lazy in this game. Uh, so hopefully that is the only time we see that this year. Well, he can't be lazy coming. I mean. You're, you're, when you're down weapons, you can't be lazy anymore. Like they're going to be asking yeah. a heck of a you lot. You got to be one of the top two or three guys. Yeah, real big first big test is coming up at four o'clock next Sunday against the Ravens. For you listeners, then, four o'clock and, Eastern because he is in Virginia. My fault. <laughs> um, two yeah. o'clock <laughs> Mountain, one o'clock Eastern or Pacific. One o'clock. Pacific, yeah, because yeah. Ravens. I mean, you gotta like look. 
look at the game they just played. Mm-hmm. Stomped that team. Hollywood Brown. Yeah. Two near the one in the end zone, one right near the end zone. Yeah. That game yeah, would have been right. There is no 68, 66 yard kick. None of that crap. That that'd be wouldn't matter. Yeah. If Hollywood Brown would have caught that pass in the back of the end zone and then caught that one that was over his shoulder with the guy was like maybe like a yard and, and a half. It went right him. off his hands. Oh yeah. Right off his hands. There is no Justin Tucker. I'm going to the Hall of Fame kick. Doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I think he was already on his way to the Hall of Fame, but that kick oh, solidified. He's one of the greatest it. kickers in he's one of the greatest kickers <laughs> that, in history. That kick solidified but, it. For but, sure. By the way, guys, did, did you think about the fact that you know Prater, Matt Prater, when he was with the Denver Broncos, kicked the sixty-three yarder and set the NFL record, right? Yeah, yeah he's probably drunk too. Sixty-four. Sixty-four. So so he has the record, and then the Ravens kicker, Justin, what's his last name? Tucker. 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 Yeah. So, t- so Tucker kicks a 66 yarder. And, it, and almost at the same time, Prater's attempting a 68 yarder. <laughs> now, yeah, isn't that weird? Now, can you imagine? It, it is so weird. And, cor- and of course, that 68 yarder was returned 109 yards for a touchdown. Can you imagine if Tucker breaks the record at 66, right? And then uh, Prater, like 14 minutes later, hits the one from 68. And they're like, hey, uh, Justin, man, we got some good news. Uh, you, you set the NFL record, For but it only lasted minutes. 14 minutes. Um, <laughs> but that, but it, Prater, if anybody has a leg to kick it from 68, I guess it's Prater. But uh, yeah. the, the Tucker kick, I mean, I, I really do. I have a feeling that, that that's going to hold up. That could be. That that's that's going to be a that long be time. Decade. And yeah, he I mean, didn't it, it do it indoors. at elevation in Denver. It in, it, yeah, indoors at sea level. Yeah, and it hit the cross post. I mean, he, he and went in. Made it. Those I mean, never he, go in. I know. He, by by, a, like just a millimeter, he made that thing. Uh, it's nuts. That, guy's, that guy's a great, great kicker, and he's been good for a long time. So it's like no fluke. I mean, he he. he if anyone deserves the record, he does. Yep. Hey, few few things uh, before we close out. I, I do want to get some predictions from you guys uh, in regards to the Ravens game. This game against the Ravens, big game. It is at home, which is great. Um, yeah. But before we do, before I get these predictions from you, uh, I do want to read off a couple couple great stats. Broncos defense. This is uh, something that is insane to me. The Bron- the Broncos defense has held their opponents scoreless on nineteen consecutive drives. Which is just insane to me. I mean, regardless of competition, it's still NFL. This is not, you know, it's not Alabama playing UTEP or anything like that. This is this is still NFL competition. But you remember, um, you remember what Urban Meyer said to Vic Fangio, right? Every week is like playing Alabama. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, another cool stat: Teddy Bridgewater joins Peyton Manning as only QBs in Broncos history to complete at least seventy-five percent of passes on his first three starts. He's got seventy-seven percent currently. Broncos yep. completed a total of fifty-seven percent on their passes last season. Of course, that was multiple starters. You know, last year. Um, yes. Broncos are tied with the Buffalo Bills for the best point differential in the NFL. Plus 50, they've scored 76 and have given up 26. Keep, think, think about this. We, we, we won the game against the Jets 26 to nothing. If you combine the amount of points that were given up on special teams and everything all combined in the first three games and gave it to the Jets, you'd still have a tie game. We still wouldn't have lost. It would have been a tie, 26-26. That's insane to me. Uh, Quarterbacks with a completion percentage of 75 and no interceptions through three games in a season. Alex Smith, 2017. Drew Brees, 2018. Teddy Bridgewater, 2021. Um, Let's see here. Let me see. I got like one or two more here that I wanted to mention. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, tied for fifth for pro football focus uh, grade among quarterbacks to the 84.3. And he is also number three in QBR leaders behind only Stafford and Cousins. So he's ahead of Mahomes, ahead of Tom Brady, ahead of Aaron Rodgers, ahead of 
Derek Carr, uh, Kyler Murray. He's ahead of all of them in terms of QBR, uh, which is insane to me. So, uh, Hard to get above Kyler Murray has been pretty hard to get. I mean, Kyler Murray has been a man on fire. That's for sure. Um, sure. just, I mean, just some great stats. I love, I love looking at some positives, man. We've, we've had so much negative over the years that, you know, it's just good to be able to look at some positives. Um, running game this week, we, we need to get it going. Uh, I would say against the Jets, it wasn't awful. The numbers, I think, looked worse than, than it actually was. Um, because it, it did help them stay on schedule. It's not like they were getting one yard every play. Like they were the first two games seemed like uh, they had a couple, a couple that were broken and, but still, I mean, they're averaging. Well, like I, I don't know the, what the jets have an underrated defense. The jets are they're, they're top half of the league in defense. I think they were top 10 coming into the game. Um, Dude, Williams was destroying our offensive line. The entire, no, game. our interior offensive line needs help too. Um, oh yeah. They do need help. I'm surprised Teddy Bridgewater, he trusts the line as much as he does. I mean, you see him sit in there, which is, you know, testament to him, but hopefully that doesn't end up <laughs> causing fumbles later on. Um, three games, no turnovers. Impressive by him. Uh, what, I mean, what, what, do you guys have any predictions for this game? I mean, wh- I do want to get a score prediction. Um, I will, from, I will from, give it up. From each of you. Just one, just one second. I will give it up yeah. for Drew Locke a little bit. He has he looks- been he every time that Teddy Bridgewater comes off the field, he's in his he's ear, the first guy talking to him, patting him yep. on the back, and I'm like, that's a good teammate. It's good. I love to see that. I love job. to see that. He lost, he lost the job. I know he's probably kind of butthurt about that. But he's not pouting about it. But he's not pouting. And I thought he's learning. he might be a dude that would have pouted about it. Like, mm, yeah. But, but he seems like he's learning his ear. Yeah, he's in his ear. He's talking to him. You know, they're watching film together on the sidelines. I'm like, dude, even though he's not he's playing, engaged. I like to I like to see that kind of teammate. I do like to see that too. I, I that that is and and that's been touched on a couple times. I've he's been doing that all three games. It's been great. Um, so yeah, that that's good, especially because the rate of our injuries, he may end up playing at some point god well, you know, he might god be forbid. a wide receiver soon who knows <laughs> he might be he might be a, a damn tight end out there we'll see um yeah i uh man this this game against the the ravens is going to be a tough one we are playing at home and we are currently favorites so vegas doesn't seem vegas does not seem to think that we are uh fluky that these what's these the, three what's, wins what's, have the, been, what's the uh, point spread it's been it's varied. Uh, last last I heard, it was we were two point favorites. That's what I thought too. Okay. Yep, and we're early two point favorites over the Steelers. To be fair, um, no, they're terrible. But we were big favorites, and we've covered the spread every every game. We've covered the spread every game. Um, two point Easy. favorites against the Ravens, <laughs> and the Ravens beat the Chiefs. So that's say, saying something. Even though they barely barely beat the the Lions. Kind of weird, but the I mean, Ravens weird, uh, and it feels weird like that. But the Chiefs have legitimately one of the worst defenses in the league. They are the worst. They're tied for the worst. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. I knew it was like somewhere near the. I, I knew it was like <laughs> they're one tied of the worst for the worst with. Oh man, who was it? Maybe Jacksonville. May have been Jacksonville. Can't remember. Yep, but giving up thirty-one points per game. Yeah. Oh no, Insane. no. You know who it is? They're tied with Tampa Bay, dude. I think they're tied with Tampa Bay. No, it's not Tampa Bay. It's not Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's up there too. Yeah, they haven't. They have been underperforming. Anyways, let's go ahead and close this up. I don't want to. I don't want to stretch this out too long. Uh, real quick, Ian, what did you predict for this game? Give me a score prediction, and if you have any other kind of side predictions, let me know. Uh, for this game, uh, it's our first real test at a team that is actually fairly good. They're yep. missing, obviously, 98% of their running backs. Their wide receivers aren't that great. Uh, they still have a great defense. Um, judging by the way Teddy Bridgewater's been playing, um, I don't think that really matters that much because 
he's always going to find the open receiver no matter what. Um, Seems to this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, might be a revival. Might be the revival of his career. That'd be awesome for him because I, like be as as, as I like him as a hu- human being. Unbelievable human. Unbelievable yeah, he, guy. He, to, me, he's, to me, he's he's the African Debo. Um, <laughs> he is. I mean, yeah, he is. Uh, praying before uh, games, he's, playing he's after such games. A, such a yeah. good guy. And he's got everybody. It's the first time the entire locker room's around a guy. Um, that hasn't happened since really since Peyton Manning. Um, but I think at home, full capacity. Mm-hmm. So we can scream incomplete all day long. <laughs> we have uh, the best defense we've had since 2015, mm-hmm. um, which we're not really hurt on that one because we know, like, I mean, look at Malik Reed. He filled in pretty good, like he had last year uh, for Von Miller. Um, and they schemed, think, they schemed sacks for AJ Johnson. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I, I'm not worried about our, him. The only problem is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, guy is the he, he might be the best Lamar running Jackson, back in the league. He might be the best running back in the league. Barry Sanders. Yeah, Barry Sanders that can throw a football. It's insane. <laughs> the guy's nuts. It's insane. I never thought I'd never thought I'd see a guy that talented other than Michael Vick, and he's way better than Michael Vick. Um, he's, he's much better running than Michael Vick was. Way shiftier. Yeah, you can't catch yep. this guy. Um, I say we do win this game. I say we win this game at home. Now, if we're playing in Baltimore, it might be a different, you know, home crowd. Give me a score. I say, I say, I say 23-17. Broncos victory. I'm going to go with a higher scoring game. Okay. I'm going to go with a little bit of a higher scoring game. I do think the Broncos offense has held back a little bit uh for once they've had the, once they've had these these opponents kind of in hand. Uh, I think they've held back a little bit. I think they're capable of more than what they've done so far. Um, it, you know, again, this is all with just kind of the how well Teddy Bridgewater has been playing. You know, out of us three, I had the best expectations for Teddy Bridgewater, but I did not have these. That's for sure. You know, right. Um, none, of none of us did. None of us did. No one thought he was going to be playing like a top three to five quarterback in the NFL. Um, no. But I do think that they have the potential to get 30 plus and so i'm going to say again at home because it's at home i do think they come away with a victory because they have a a much better defense um than the ravens do uh and i think they're gonna just i think they're gonna dare lamar jackson to throw it Mm. i think they're gonna do everything they can to stop the run we want him to do too we want we want that that's what we want to do uh if he beats us with his arm well then just more power to him but I, I, I think that we're gonna win this game thirty one twenty eight. Ooh, you got a you got a heart you got a heart attack game going. Heart attack game. Kevin, what are you thinking? All right. So first off, just just to douse a little bit of uh water on the uh collective enthusiasm we have here. Uh we, <laughs> please we, we, please bring we, us we, back to Earth. We as as well as we've played, we may be the worst team in the division. I don't know if you guys have looked around. Like the Raiders are the number one team in the NFL in terms of offensive production. Um, mm, yeah. You got the Chargers at number six. You, you got the Chiefs in the top ten, and you know they haven't played their standard of ball yet. They so need a defense. We have an unbelievably difficult <laughs> division. As good as we've played, we may be the worst team in the division. So for us to make believers out of you know sort of the football uh community the experts the prognosticators we're gonna have to beat some good teams and Mm -hmm. and we're gonna have to get cranking on offense um to to compete within our division now we, we we've been you know really fortunate soft schedule and actually the whole season is relatively soft um if you look at it i mean teams other than our division other, other than our division, and we've got a pretty soft schedule, but I think we're going to – now, yeah, listen, we've got a world-class defense, and that can cover a lot of 
you know, sort of ills on offense. But, you know, what I want to see out of, out of the offense and specifically Bridgewater, I mean, we know Bridgewater, his history is sort of a middling quarterback, maximum touchdowns in any seasons, 15 or something like that. So my concern with Bridgewater, it's just not explosive enough to keep up with the teams in our division. Now, th- this is he's got an opportunity here, uh, you know, against the Ravens, because I think the Ravens are going to put points on the board, even on our defense. You know, yeah, you know they're, they're good for. Yeah. So, you know, what can he do? Can, can, can we get the tight ends involved? Can, can, can we, you know, can we score 30 plus on, on a really on a good team? And all the Ravens yes. also have a lot of injuries as well. We're fortunate there. Oh, by the way, I should note Derek Wolf homecoming. He's injured, of course. Ha, naturally, he's injured. Yeah, naturally injured. So, like you, always. Know, you know, part of me would like to see the medal of um, the team. You know, I'd like to see us go down by 14 in the second half. That, I, I shouldn't say I'd like to see that. I, 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 see, I know what you mean, though. I, I want to see, you know, Bridgewater. Can he bring us back from 14 now? Man, that yeah. would inspire. You know, yeah. uh, is, is the team really built to last? Uh, this is a real test. It's it's in Denver, so I'm gonna pick the Broncos. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's gonna be super super close. Uh, I think it's gonna come down. I think it'll come down to a field goal. And mm-hmm. I, in the field, and I and listen, how about uh, Alexander Johnson? You know, how about Draymond Jones? How about McManus? How about Bridgewater? We've got a lot of people eligible for MVP so far this year. But Mc- yep. McManus has been drilling them. He's uh, been hitting them all, man. Uh, splitting the uprights. Perfect so far. I say it's going to come down to a field goal with no time on the clock. As and did we, I, yep. And we beat the Ravens. Uh, let me get the score here. 27-24. Hey, we all predict a, Bron- a Broncos victory, and that's good. And I think we're all cautiously optimistic. There's some optimism, but but cautious still, because as much I'm encouraged by the fact that we have dominated the the bad teams that we've played, as opposed to winning close games against bad teams. We've dominated the bad teams that we've played. I'm encouraged by that. But we do still, as has been the conversation, we do still have to see them put that kind of, you know, that kind of performance together against good teams. Uh, I think they can do it. We definitely got to clean up the third down thing. Yep. We got to clean up. Well, yeah, third down, uh, I think, was very excellent in the first game and has tapered since. I I am not, not that worried about our offense. I really am not just because I've seen what they've been able to do. And then I've seen things get vanilla when, the, when the game is in hand, that's, you know, I've, and you know, to be fair, we went down seven to three in the first two games and then stormed past the opponents. And then we had, we've had multiple fumbles within the five yard line. We've had uh, Teddy Bridgewater oh, yeah. kneeling at the five yard line against Jacksonville when they could have gotten another touchdown if they wanted to go, you know, 30 point game. I mean, we could have scored 30 plus in every single one of these games. Um, but, True. but, but can you do it against a good team? And that's what we're going to find out this week as well as, you know, the next several games. We have a, a difficult stretch here. Um, so, so we're going to find out and we're going to know kind of more, we're going to have a more accurate picture of of what we really are as good as we feel now as good of thing as good as things have looked so far we're going to get a good picture so anyways any last words before we uh before we head out yeah super hyped for the uh for our first actual opponent i'm actually really hyped <laughs> for this game even though it could yeah, turn out being like you know i just like at this time this on sunday I'm going to feel like, you know, like the other ones, I just felt like, oh, we should beat those teams. Uh, but this time it's like, all right, like we're going to find there's out. There's going to be some yelling in my apartment. There will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a couple of things. Number one, just a plug for our former quarterback, Peyton Manning. You guys may have talked about it last week. But, you know, the little football I've been able to watch, I've, I've caught like the last half of Monday Night Football with Eli and Peyton and a sort yeah. of guess. I got to tell you, 
wildly entertaining, uh, unbelievably informative. It has made Monday Night Football must so be better. Uh, so now, much better. Now they're not going to be back until week seven, so we got. I don't but, have. I don't have to. Well, I, the, the great thing I haven't. I haven't had to listen to Chris Collinsworth at all this year. Oh, see, we we, we differ there. Actually, I don't mind. Oh, you I, like I, him? I, okay. Actually, actually, I kind of like him. But yeah, so Eli and Peyton just do a fantastic job, and I've le- learned a lot watching watching them or listening to them. Uh, the other thing I just have to mention is. Mm-hmm. Um, is uh, you know this is a football podcast. I mean, it's, it's Broncos, but it's a football podcast. You know, Tom Brady is going back to New England. Um, who who's not going to be interested in that game? Oh, I'm and, watching that and, game. And the NFL schedule makers must have figured this out, right? He he's only got to throw for something like 52 yards or whatever to, to beat break the all time. To beat is going to happen in. Fox, in Fox. Um, great, great storyline. Um, and Brady just continues to amaze, right? Um, so if we could just, if we could just somehow draft a, a guy like him, that would be good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah preferably in the great. sixth round. Preferably in the sixth round. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I, look, if, if the 19, was it 2000 draft he came out in? Yeah. Yep. If the 2000 draft were a do over, I, I would be willing to spend a third round pick on Brady. I'd go. I'd go. Yeah, I'd maybe even go second. Ooh, yeah, may, wow. maybe. I don't second. know about first. I don't know though. about, don't know about yeah. first. First is hard. Second, yeah. I can justify just because. If we, hey, if we're willing to spend a, a second on Osweiler and a second on Locke, I think I could justify it. But I don't know about a first. Yeah. See, yeah, this is point. this is this, this is where you wish. Like, uh, what was that movie with a? Uh, um, Back to the Future. Okay. <laughs> you go back to the future. Yeah, yeah. You just go back and then you draft him in the first round. You're like, ah, it's this guy from Michigan. People think we're nuts. Hey, he's got a dad bod. Uh, he might work out. And then obviously you win six Super Bowls. Uh, I think and it would work on out your for fantasy you. team, Ian, who's in the first <laughs> up. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's yeah you unreal. beat me this last week. Yeah, it, well, it wasn't because of Brady. He put up like forty-five fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, it was all in garbage time too. <laughs> it was. He got a rushing touchdown. That helped. <laughs> man, yeah. I was like, now I'm third place. Dude, come on, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming back. You I this got, week, I got Kevin. Old Kevin. I'm coming back. I'm coming. Oh, you're back. playing. You, you, you got too good of a team. I'm playing you this week, Kevin. I, I, I listen. I'm like the Broncos. I, I, I may be the worst three and O team in in in, in the. I mean, in, in the <laughs> EFL. I, I, I've the been, EFL. I've been, I have been incredibly lucky, so it's not like I'm building a juggernaut here. So uh, we'll see. What I love happens. the confidence. Love the confidence. Yeah. Anyways, from Ian, from Kevin, from myself. Thank you so much for listening to Debronx Podcast and sticking with us through our kind of odd schedules. But uh, we hope to hear from you next week, and we'll. Hopefully be following a Broncos victory over the Ravens. Yes, sir. Have a good night.